0: No! <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Celtics
0: Rewind, I'm JP and I am Nat the GM, what's up y'all?
1: Hello again Celtic fans, this is episode 4 of the Celtics Rewind, talking all things Boston Celtics. I'm JP and this is Nat the GM, what's up Nat, how you doing?
0: I'm
1: doing good, how you doing JP? I'm doing good, can't complain, can't complain, um, kind of like a little rough for the Boston Celtics and the four games previous games but you know like i said in the last episode at worst they're probably going to be two and two but we kind of expected some losses especially against uh minnesota and the 76ers which we'll go ahead and talk about and then also picking up victories against the brooklyn nets and the toronto raptors so we're on a two-game winning streak right here so but in terms of the t Wolves, let's go ahead and go ahead and get into it so Nat, you was on the money uh, last episode saying that you was worried that the T-Wolves game is probably going to be the first loss of the Boston Celtics. And unfortunately, it was as they lost in overtime. Anthony Edwards pretty much demolished the Celtics in overtime, but it was a very close game. And Tatum and Brown and Paul Zingas played great. And Sam Housel played great off the bench. And fortunately, the T-Wolves... Um, knowing their length and size and ant-man just being himself um it was a loss it was the first loss for the boston celtics but i'm not really mad about the loss i think it was i, I figured it was going to be a loss just looking at just t will seem uh what did you take away from this game against the wolves for the celtics
0: um i well, yeah i said they they were going to go two and two on that uh that trip you know last week and they went two and two um yep. <laughs> You know, I saw that there was a couple teams that they were really getting up to to play Boston and wants to beat Boston, and Minnesota is one, and Philly is the other. Philly just can't beat Boston when it it counts. You know, um, Boston has Philly's number, so that game meant a lot to them. Um, I think I view the Minnesota game slightly differently because I think that, yes, defensively, um they did well but if we look at how that game went there was a lot of defensive lapses on boston then they left they left people open with wide open shots yep. uh for instance mcdaniels we left him open in the corner a bunch of times mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. do you you have to you, one has to wonder if you kept a body on him does he hit a few more of those shots and and do they win by maybe 6 do they win by 4 mm-hmm. You know, um, then, okay, you have the defensive uh, lapses. How about your bench? You know, Peyton Pritchard, I think, played 20 minutes and had zero points. You know, that's a Mm -hmm. problem. You know, if he, if he, if you, it's kind of funny, but if he averaged one point, they probably would have won. All they had to do was just average (laughs) one damn point, you know, get one point in the game, you know. So I kind of look at, you know, those losses as good losses for them, you know, and, Philly, you know, um, when it comes to kind of that game, uh, you have Joel Embiid. He, you know, was up for the game. You could tell he really wanted the game. As good defensively as they are, Porzingis, I believe, had 29 points. You know, so Mm -hmm. that was a good indicator, actually. That was what I was looking for because I know what Tatum's going to give us. I know what Brown's going to give us. And I know what Drew's going to give us. I know what Mm -hmm. Derrick's going to give us. but. To me, that X factor was Kristaps. How does Kristaps handle Joel B And he had twenty nine points. I said, okay. So they took them to really do whatever they could, and they won by three points. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I see. You know, I've seen enough. I get it. This Boston team is still really good. You know, you're going to have to play yes. almost the best basketball in order to beat them because they're six. They're a big six are our, our, our problem they have room for error, even with the terrible bench mm-hmm. they have room for error, so I liked mm-hmm. those losses it didn't bother me. I think last year they would have definitely lost both of those games um and mm-hmm. we would have had bigger problems you know uh than than what mm-hmm. we have right now, but they lost they can learn from it, and we just have to you know move on and you know see what what we have uh coming up.
1: Yes, I agree with you 100%. So the things, the, the two things I took away, um, in both the T-Wolves and the 76ers was the third quarter. Like, Boston didn't play really well the third quarter. Ooh. Um, When you look at it against the T-Wolves, being outscored 27-19, to and then against the 76ers being outscored uh, 39-27. to That cannot happen for the Boston Celtics. Like I said, the defensive lap is, unfortunately. People hitting big shots, too, as well. And then also in the points in the paint, um, the T Wolves got 46 points in the paint compared to the Celtics 38. And then against the 76ers, the 76ers got 56 points in the paint compared to the Boston Celtics 40. Payne Pritchard, you mentioned him, has just he just drives me nuts these uh these two games because of just his decision making and then just whenever he's are just gonna take a shot or just the fact that he just gets cooked on defense, whether it be Tyrese Maxi or somebody. like He just drives me nuts because you're paying him so much money to have a larger role, and he's not really uh, doing anything unfortunately for Boston, so it's kind of just like killing the bench right here and we'll give a huge shout out to Sam Housel later because Sam Housel is actually probably the best player on the bench past uh four games but we're gonna give him a shout out later because he's been huge but yeah Pritchard just kind of just makes me so mad I don't know just when he just comes in I just kind of suck my teeth and I'm just like here we go. Oh, he's gonna get cooked. And I know mm-hmm. he I know he ain't gonna hit shots. I know for a fact that he is going to hold on to the ball too much. So I'm just like, when I'm just thinking mm-hmm. to myself, when the next time Joe Mizzou is gonna sub him out and get somebody else in? Because I, I just can't do it with Payton I really just can't. Now it'll show flashes, but most of the time it's like, oh, please just sub him out already. Please just sub him out.
0: Hundred um, percent. When it comes to when it comes to Peyton Pritchard, I just don't think that he is a serviceable uh, backup. Um, I think yeah. we've seen this enough, you know. Where is he? He's on his side the third or fourth year. He just doesn't get it, you know. And it's like he just no. can't keep the game simple. And that's one of my biggest problems wow. with him. You can't keep it simple and. I don't think it's his height or anything like that. I just think that he just does not fit uh, with what Boston needs. Now, could he go somewhere else and maybe be yeah. a little bit better? I don't know. Um, I don't think so, honestly. Um, I think if he was somewhere else, they, he might not play as much. You know, uh, He might not get these opportunities. When it comes to Peyton, though, he just does too much and too little all at the same time. You know, there have been other mm-hmm. guards that are um, a, a bit undersized or a bit smaller, you know, than others on the court. And like, I'll tell you one, most notably on Boston, that I really enjoyed him being on this team with Shane Larkin. Yes. I really enjoyed Shane Larkin years ago yep. Um, because I just felt every time he came in, something smart happened. Yeah. I felt like something good happened with Shane Larkin. Mm -hmm. And he was somebody I was hoping they would have brought back because I thought like he does the little things that equate to big things. And I just felt like he was the backup that we had a little too soon when we weren't ready to really do anything with it. Mm And had we had that kind of production now, Shane Larkin would probably average about 9 to 10 points just based off of playing simple simple basketball. Mm -hmm. He's a smaller guy, but if you go back and you look at when he was on Boston Celtics a few years back, Mm-hmm. He had a very good run um, with Boston. So I just don't think Peyton Pritchard is the answer and they need to go somewhere else. I would play uh, Banton and yep. Brissett over Pitt Pritchard and I would take Pritchard's minutes away and, you know, uh, all all together because Hauser is actually the one that's scoring well mm-hmm. and he's actually doing exactly what he needs to do. I'm here to shoot. And he's shooting the ball at a at a high clip. So that's the difference. um, You know, that those are the changes I would make that I think will make a difference.
1: I agree with you as well. So we'll just have to see what Joe Missoula is going to do um, coaching wise the next four games. Um, But at least, you know, we're able to get uh, two in a row and end it off. You know two and two so uh speaking of the end season tournament um our first ever game against the brooklyn nets even though we faced them before um uh, and come up with the victory mm-hmm. uh tatum and brown actually showed out with 51 points 16 out of 36 field goal not at 23 point uh jalen brown had it going early like he was so aggressive that was at one point i was just like is he going to pass the ball today? But he didn't pass the ball, but he was hitting shots. And then Tatum got it going in the second half. And then speaking of Peyton Pritchard, he actually played well this game. The bench played great. Um, Sam Housel, 15 points, Pritchard with 13 points. Luke Cornett, who we kind of, like, been up and down with. But, like, if you just look at the past couple games of Luke Cornett, he's been playing really phenomenal and been playing his role um, with 7 points and 9 rebounds. Mm -hmm. But it was, like, the impact that he had on that team and 19 threes. And then they did a great job controlling the ball with eight turnovers. And then the rebounding, we're one of the best rebound, well, rebounded teams in the league uh 52 to 46 mm-hmm. and it was it was a great game for boston in the opening quarter and then um you know unfortunately getting outscored in the third quarter though but in the fourth quarter they got it going on an 18 to 6 run. so uh great win for boston and one to zero in the end season tournament mm-hmm. what takeaways do you had against the win against the nets
0: um uh, the nets were down some players uh i expect boston to beat teams like that beat the teams you're supposed to beat you know, so uh, what I what I do look at for for those games, how well does the bench play? I look at how well you know do they uh, rally together? Do they lose leads? Who can you depend on? Uh, who is playing uh, with with who with whom in the starting lineup? You know, is Tatum out there? You know, maybe with Brissett. R- you know, or is he out there with you know cornet? You look at all that stuff because it's going to matter at the towards the end of the season going into the playoffs, it's going to matter, you know? So I looked at Cornette and Cornette in a bright spot for this team, because one thing he does that I say Peyton Pritchard does not, he keeps it simple. I'm big. I'm taller than you. I'm going to, you know, they're going to lob it up to me, and I'm going to catch it over you and finish. I'm not going to dribble. I'm not going to do anything extra. I'm just going to finish and run right back. You're going to try to shoot over me or get around me. I'm going to try to block your shot and keep my body straight up. He plays simple basketball, and I think Cornette is definitely Mm -hmm. earning his minutes.
1: Yes, definitely shout-out to Luke Cornett, too, as well. Um, but, yeah, um, and then 17 offensive rebounds. Like I said, we're one of the best rebounding teams in the league. And, you know, they were uh, the Nets were short down on players. But, yeah, 17 offensive rebounds, that's really huge. Drew Holiday almost had a triple-double. He led the team in rebounding, which is so funny because any single game, like any player could lead, <laughs> lead the Celtics in rebounding. It could be Tatum. It could be Brown. Mm-hmm. Could be Holiday. It could be Paul Zinkas. It could be Luke Cornet. It could be Al Horford. It could be anybody because everybody's crashing um, the glass. But Drew Holiday, he, he's just playing his role really well. 13 points. He'll score when he needs to. Um, 12 rebounds, not assists, being able to facilitate, which we definitely do need than what we had with Marcus Smart last season. Um, only thing I had negative with this game was they should. Do better when it comes to guarding the three point line. Cause I've seen in transitions, the Brooklyn Nets was hitting three point shots. And then when they are on the half court, they were hitting three point shots, leaving them wide open. So if the Boston can do a better mm-hmm. job of just being able to limit the three point shots, I feel like it could have been a blowout. But since it wasn't really, not really much of a blowout, it was just like they just kept letting them in the game with three point shots.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, Boston's, all, I think, always going to have Brooklyn's number. You know, I mean, until they really get some, you know, more talent, you know, or, you know, some heavy hitters, you know, on that team. And that's okay. You know, like they're young, you know, they're trying to figure it out. You know, I think they have a lot to to go by when it comes to what they're doing. Boston is too, too big, too strong, too talented. And that's just kind of the story right
1: there <laughs> pretty much pretty much and hopefully the three-point shots don't get too cold and speaking of cold the last game against the toronto raptors because it is cold as hell in toronto um but boston kind of like <laughs> performed really well uh tatum and Brown. One of the best duels in the NBA. I mean, they went, they did it again. They did it again with 56 points, 22 out of 38 field goals, 6 out of 17, three point Paul played really well with 21 points, seven rebounds. I really love the Drew Holiday Posingas combination. Like Drew Holiday and Posingas mm-hmm. with the pick and roll. Like if Posingas ain't rolling, he's going to pick and pop. Or is looking for holiday mm-hmm. i just love that combination and hopefully joe mazula will put more into it like the next couple games and hopefully the rest of the season because that combination is really deadly uh they shot really well 54.7 percent field goal 34 percent three point uh big spotlight to sam Houser, especially in the month of november points on 21 out of 38 three-point shooting 55 percent like he was he's just been phenomenal off the bench and we couldn't really ask anything more uh the rebounding battle like i said we're one of the best rebounding teams in the nba won at 46 to 37 points in the paint the celtics dominated 60 points to the raptors 42 hitting 15 threes Third quarter was pretty much over because Jalen Brown went on a scoring spree with 14 points in the third, and they just haven't looked back since then. Mm-hmm. What should takeaways against Toronto? Uh,
0: too—they're too young. Uh, they're not as talented. Um, they're still trying to figure it out. we're too talented. We're, we're too strong. I mean, they you beat the teams you're supposed to beat in Boston. This, that, you know? So they're, you know, they. I, you know, what I like about Toronto. I'm a big Scotty Barnes fan. I think Scotty is a is a really mm-hmm. good player. You know, yeah. um, third year he's ascending, mm-hmm. and you can tell they have a lot of pieces on this team that I don't think quite mix with what they're doing. I think they're kind of holding on to pieces, and at some point you're gonna start seeing mm-hmm. Toronto. You know, okay, Pascal. You know. Send him off somewhere. Get some picks for him. That they're just kind of in that mode, and I don't think mm-hmm. that you know this is the team that necessarily you're going to see or is going to necessarily compete, you know, for a playoff spot. I think that you know they're mm-hmm. going to tank, or and I think they should mm-hmm. tank. Honestly, get a high, another high pick, and um, keep the guys that you're going to build around, especially Scotty Barnes, you know, and go from there. But they have a lot of young mm-hmm. pieces and, and good veteran pieces. But again, Boston too big, too strong, too talented.
1: <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. What do you think about the so a lot of people have been kind of like been debating um regarding about that uh challenge mm-hmm. call that Joe Mazzula did uh three and a half minutes to go right. um in the fourth quarter when they were up twenty-seven. So basically the play was beset uh was out of uh, was uh, was the last one to touch the ball. And um Peyton mm-hmm. Pritchard pretty much was like no he didn't like no he didn't um it should be our ball and then he went to Joe Missoula and said hey like I feel like this is our ball um it shouldn't be Raptors ball and Joe Missoula challenged the call which made Raptor um players and coaches really upset because when you're up by like 20 30 points they pretty much want to make the game over but you know, by just kind of just doing a challenge and just kind of taking a pause and having the game go longer. Like, they just felt like it was just very disrespectful. Dennis Schroeder expressed his displeasure of that call. Um, But the referees said, hey, you know, it is overturned. It's Celtics ball. And, um, yeah, Raptors was not happy, but, you know, Celtics fans – They were happy. Joe Mazula said he was pretty much backing his players up and wanted to make it like a failed game. Uh, What do you think about that uh, challenge call, in your opinion? You think it was a disrespectful call, or you think it was a respectable call?
0: I don't understand why it matters, honestly, when it comes to. (laughs) You were going to lose, regardless if that call, if you kept the ball or if it was overturned, you were still getting blown out. I think that you know you just want someone to be mad at. I mean, you got blown out. It's it, that's your problem. And as far as mm-hmm. when it comes to the you know the the call and tr- and the challenge, I thought it was a good challenge. You're still coaching these players, you know, and also mm-hmm. you know I think Pete, this is lost on a lot of people. You are also building mm-hmm. chemistry with the referees and in a, a truthfulness and an honesty, you know, because. If you say, "Hey, you know, I, you know, this we didn't touch this ball," and they were in your right, that means that probably when you say something three to four months from now, six months from now, mm-hmm. it matters because mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, okay, let, well, let me look at it," you know, and yep. you know, the challenge is there. You're right, you didn't touch the ball. It builds trust. So I thought yeah. it was childish in a way, or it just ridiculous. I won't say childish, but I thought it was ridiculous. Um, that the the Raptors um, bench and players got upset, you were losing regardless. If you kept the ball and you gave up the ball, you were losing. And and, and the loss is not lost upon me. So um, maybe win next time, you know? (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah um I I thought it was a brilliant move uh shout out to Celtics legend Cedric Maxwell uh he basically said it was a brilliant move by Joe Mazzola and he wasn't really mad about that challenge call but he did say if I was like a player for the Raptors I understand why you would be upset about it though but let me just say this uh you got a chance against uh Boston Toronto Raptors uh this coming Friday at um at toronto so i know dennis fruto is very excited because you got a chance again to take revenge after you was upset about that challenge call and all that so speaking of the next four games um boston got new york uh, actually it's tonight actually at home mm-hmm. and then wednesday they got at philadelphia which i cannot wait for hopefully we can see revenge with boston winning hopefully and then they got toronto at toronto friday and they got at Memphis Sunday, um, what's your expectations the next four games and what game are you circling on your calendar?
0: Uh, one game am I circling on my calendar. So, yeah, I expect them to win uh, tonight, <laughs> uh, although New York plays them well and hard. Um, yes. <laughs> um, I'm circling the Philly game. Um, I want to see how they come out a week later after taking that loss last week. I want to see how they play and see uh, what they've learned uh, from the previous week and the pre- in that loss. You know, they were three points away from a win. Um, I, I think Philly is fun and all this that that jazz. They're they're great, but when it comes to Boston, it took it took it took a lot for them to win just by three points, and I thought that that was interesting think some things went their way, you know, so that's, you know, what what happens sometimes. But when it comes to Boston, that's what I want to see. What did you what did you learn last time? Um, So versus Philly, um, Boston is first so so far in total rebounds. Um, Philly is by a short margin ahead of Boston with assists. Turnovers, they're eighth and ninth. You know, for steals, Philly is fifth. Boston is twenty-fifth. Blocks, Philly is uh, first. Boston is eighteenth. You know, points allowed, Boston is sixth. Philly is seventh. You know, so these teams, in a lot of in a lot of ways, they're like neck and neck with a lot of things. So it's it's going to be a great game. But I want to see what Boston has learned.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree with you. That's the game. I'm circling around the calendar um, and great stats too, Um, mentioning the Boston Celtics and their uh, rankings in different categories, too, as well. Offensive weight in the third in the NBA, defensive awaiting in the third in the NBA. Uh, net rating they are first in the nba points per game in the first quarter i really pay attention to that first quarter because boston is number one in the nba in points per game in the first quarter so if they can get out on an open run in the first quarter against philadelphia that would be good to be able to continue going on the next three quarters and be able to stay consistent and be efficient um i'm interested in toronto friday just to see what to, how toronto responds after kind of being you know Mad about the challenge call, and just see how they're going to do. If Scotty's going to have a good game, um, Memphis. I'm not really worried about Memphis Sunday, but you still have to worry about that game because you don't want to be one of those teams that they win against. You know, whenever you have a losing record, you don't want to be one of those teams that you lost to a losing team and all that. So, um, so I'm interested in these next four games. I can't wait for it though, and hopefully, at best, the record.
0: Yeah, real quick, David. Um, I think that the Memphis game is going to be – it could be a hit or a miss because Marcus Smart, he's yep. Memphis, he's um, emotional. He can mm-hmm. either have a very emotional game where he doesn't shoot well and doesn't play his best, mm-hmm. or he can have a hell of a game and propel that team to win. So that's another game more so based off of emotions because talent-wise, Boston is just bigger, stronger, better – Um, so I think that Marcus Smart will try to come out and give his best, you know, put his best foot forward and and propel his team, you know, but I kind of want to see that game and and see, you know, how they do.
1: I, I do too as well. And then also, um, I can't wait for their matchup again in Boston. Marcus Smart returning back to Boston. That's the game I'm circling around the calendar to see the emotions of Marcus Moore and then they probably might end up doing tributes, but he might have for himself a game because he did not want to leave Boston <laughs> to go to Memphis, but it is what it is though. But yeah, um, I feel like this, the next four games at best, I would say three and one. Um, I feel like New York is going to be a win. I'm not sure about Philadelphia just yet. I feel like that could be a loss just because Philadelphia is really good and they want to prove that they're the best team, so I don't really know about Philadelphia. I know it's going to be a win against Toronto, and I think it's going to be a win against Memphis. It might be a, a close game if Boston just playing to the level of their competition. So at best, I'll say three and one. But if they're four and zero, oh, I'll take that any day of the week.
0: Absolutely, I think that they'll be uh, two and two again, and I think that.
1: Ah, uh, who you got I... them? Who you got them losing to since you said two and two. (laughs) Um,
0: I question tonight. So I'm going to um, watch out for, you know, this game and what they're doing Um, right now. They're tied, you know, in the third, but the Philly game, I think they'll win. Um, And I think that when it comes to Memphis and Toronto, young teams, they really have nothing to lose. And those are usually the games that you wind up losing. So That's what I'm going to say. It might be those two, but I could see three in one. I could see three in one.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, this is episode four of the Celtics Rewind. Great news—we are finally on streaming platforms, so you can find Celtics Rewind on Apple Podcasts and also on Spotify. And you can also find it on Hoop Spaces YouTube channel and then the Hoop Spaces website, which is going to be coming up soon. So shout out to Chris from Hoop Spaces, so you can find it anywhere on YouTube, like I said, on Hoop Spaces or Apple or Spotify so we are just we are keep getting better and better we're going to keep giving you weekly content regarding the boston celtics watch out for the very next episode because we're probably going to have a, a guest come on to talk boston celtics so i can't wait for it and i'm excited and um any message you want to say to the
0: people nat i uh, know keep tuning in uh find us on uh twitter you know um as my you know uh, my name is actually nat underscore the uh, underscore gm on twitter um Come find me, follow me, you know, all the content uh, you can get as far as sports when you talk about football, basketball, you know, um, get all the coverage you need. And I keep tuning in for Celtics Rewind
1: amen to that and she's and like i said Nat's really dope too as well so make sure you shoot her a follow on Twitter. you can find me at jp franchise 57 talking basketball talking boston celtics and you can find me on my youtube channel it's just jp with the z uh where i do basketball reaction videos i've released two today so please check it out and this is episode four of celtics rewind i'm jp she's nat the gm and
0: we'll see y'all later peace y'all later